first of all, I'd like to thank all of y'all because this is my this is my home church, and y'all are my family. Yep. And it's all because of y'all is where I'm at today, and my family. Well, y'all are part of my family. I've been in here, been in this church since I was five years old. I never thought I'd be up here talking to y'all though. But anyway, Sunday came around. I knew what passage I was coming out of. I just know what I was going to write about. But I went by the last command, since we are in missions month. And every, and these passages tells everybody they should be missionaries. So how do we get involved? Number one, contributing. Contributing helps takes away financial burdens, which financial burdens is the biggest reason why missionaries come off the field. Just by giving to the churches in the mission funds helps tremendously to people. Second is encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement, especially pastors and missionaries. There are things they will encounter that none of us would actually, they would never talk, tell us about. Everybody goes through problems, but when they go through problems, who do they go to? They go to the pastor. But who does the pastor go to when they have problems? Usually to their self. But you got to think about it. They're human just like the rest of us. Even though they were called to be a pastor, the shepherd of the flock, I mean, not the shepherd, yeah, the shepherd of the flock, they're still a human. They still got problems. So just sending them a text, an email, or a letter just saying something about how much they appreciate them can go a long way. So encouragement is a big deal. Third is sending. We need more people going into the ministry. And I'm just not talking about in foreign fields. Here in America, we're the fourth biggest mission field there is. Just in San Francisco alone, for every one independent Baptist church, there's 80,176 people. There's no way one church can reach that many people. So what about our own backyard? This is just for me counting on a Google search. There are 48 Baptist churches in Augusta County. This includes every branch of Baptist. If it had Baptist in the name, I counted it. And there might be more than what I missed. But in 2019 alone, there were 75,558 people counted in Augusta County. So we do the math. There's more than 1,574 people per each Baptist church. So we need more men to take a stand for Christ and become church planters in our own backyard. The last and most important is prayers. When we pray, it's a one-to-one -one communication with God. So when we lift someone up in prayer, we're actually bringing them to be blessed by God. Praying for someone is the best gift that we can give. When we pray for people, let's be specific in our prayers. Talk to God. Let's have a conversation with him and tell him what's on our mind. He already knows, but he wants us to verbally tell him. And why we are uplifting this person in prayer. Pray for their specific issues and needs and burdens. God will hear you like he always does. And he will provide for their specific needs in according to his will. So now I'm going to pray and I'll get into our message. Dear Lord, thank you for this, this opportunity you got for me to speak. Please let this message bless people, Lord. 
And if there's anything that you want me to say, and I'm scared to say it, just go ahead and give me the courage to do it. I know, Lord, that I am your vessel, and wherever you want me to go, I will go. And I wish a lot more people could say that. In your name, amen. Well, we're going to Matthews 28, 18 through 20. And at this passage, this is where Jesus, is, he's already been resurrected from the dead. And this is the last time he talks to his disciples. And we call this the last, the, the Great Commission. And in verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the, earth, of the world. Amen. So let's break this down. A lot of people think this message is just for disciples, but it is a disciple. And disciples, the definition I got for it is someone who adheres to the teaching of another. It is a follower or a learner. It refers to someone who takes up the ways of someone else, applies to Jesus. A disciple is someone who learns from him, to live like him, to be Christ-like, or a little Christ. Every person that's known as a Christian should be a disciple. We should be the ones out there telling people about Jesus. So as we break this passage down, we see that Jesus is talking to his disciples before he sends them to heaven. And he's telling this passage that he is the authority and that we need to go. It's his authority to send us. It's his authority to guide us. And it's authority to empower us to bring us to the world of all nations. When God tells us to go teach the nations, this means that there should be no place on this earth that should have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is our duties. We are the disciples of Christ. But there's people right around us that has never heard a, the clear way to salvation through, through Jesus. God is telling us that we are the ones that needs to go to our neighbors and tell them about the good news of the gospel. But the problem is, most of us are too scared to do it. We don't do it. And we see a lot of lost cause of it. Then Jesus tells us that we need to baptize them in the name of the Father, the, I'm sorry, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. This is a public confession that you're now saved through the blood of Christ and now a disciple of Christ. The reason why this was so important back then is because it broke the Jewish laws. Jewish tradition says you couldn't be a Jew unless you were circumcised. And another part of this message is teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Once you are saved, it's now time to teach them. Disciples are made through the grace of, of Christ and the teaching of his word by others. This is where we build local pastors in the field. You take a local man that is saved and has the interest of serving God, 
Place them under your wing. Train them. Teach them the ways of the Lord. And once they're up preaching and taking care of the flock, and the church that you're in at that point is self-surviving, then it's time for you to move on to the next place and play another church. This is where our church planners come involved. Then the last part of this message is, says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus sent us to fulfill his last command, which we call the Great Commission. But he did not send us alone. He tells us that we're, he will always be, I'm sorry, he tells us that he will always be there with us. His grace is more than enough to strengthen us and guide us along the way, as long as we obey his will. So how do we fulfill the Great Commission? First, we need men to step up and be men of Christ. Society today makes men out to be more feminine than they have ever been. We have a hard time trying to get them to work, which honestly I think a man should work 40 hours at least. Only time I give them a reason to only work 30 hours if they're in college full time. But they should be working. Their more worldly appearances are not godly appearances. Today's men, they like to wear these skinny jeans. I don't know why. <laughs> then they got their little keys on their key ring because they can't put their keys in their pockets. Their pants are too tight. And to me, this is not modest for a man to wear something like this. But that's just my opinion. But the problem is, is the devil is attacking the, the male role. If you attack the male role, then you can stop them from becoming... Um, pastors. You can stop them from being leaders. And you see, you stop a male from doing everything the Bible tells him that he must be. And this brings them back to the worldly place, which is wrong. So the devil is attacking the, the male's view in the world. It's just not in America. It's in the world. As I was in camp, we were sitting over and talking about this, and the, the um, world director was with us. He says, this ain't, this, this ain't an America problem. This is a worldly problem. So we only had nine men in this camp out of 38 people. And they're supposed to be a role of the church. So how are you going to have the role of the church if you only got nine out of 38? So we need more men to step up. We need to, the second part is we need to support the missionaries that goes out into the world and spread the word. This comes from contributing money to your local church, giving to the mission funds, and some encouragement. Encouragement can come from a text, an email, a phone call, a handwritten letter, or a love offering. There's just some ways, but a little bit of encouragement go a long way. It shows them that there's others out there that cares about them and praying for them. Third, we need to get out in our own community and be a disciple for Christ. To be a disciple for Christ in our own community, we must go. We can't be just sitting on our couches. There's still unreached people around us. And how do we reach them? This comes from inviting people to church, doing outreaches, door-to-door -door evangelism, and etc. 
there is 1,574 people for every one Baptist church in Augusta County alone. And I firmly believe there's no, there is no reason that everybody living within an eight-mile radius of this church has not been invited to this church. And it's our job to do it. Ones that invite others to come, most of the time when they invite people to come, most people tell you that they're not interested. But the people that I have invited to come to this church, they already know about this church. They always look at me and says, oh, I know that church. That's the big one up on the hill that there's always having something going on. Or what's all these flags doing out in the front yard? And that's explained to them that's a, that each flag represents a missionary that we support. And it, it brings out great topics. Then if you notice that they have like kid things around, you can tell them about the kid programs we have. Because you can reach a kid, you can reach an adult. And you tell them about the CG3 we have on Wednesday night. It's like a mini vacation Bible school. Because adults will send their kids to a vacation Bible school, but they won't send them to a Sunday service. This is a great way to reach them. Fourth, we need to bring the salvation plan to more people. This is the most important thing God has called us to do as a disciple. But I got a pet peeve with the salvation plan that I've seen all the way around the world. And this is group salvation. And all of y'all know what I'm talking about. This is when they have a pastor up there that says, tells everybody to bow their head and repeat a saying after him. They say, if you repeat this, just raise your hand and you were saved. But I got a problem with that because after salvation, what comes? is repentance. The Bible says that once you're saved, you're a new creature. So without repentance, there was no salvation. So you might have 45 people raise their hands, but only four or five might actually got saved out of it. And the rest of them got a false hope, which is scary. Was well, a scary thought for me to give someone a false hope that they're saved and they go to hell. And that blood's on you. And I actually call this the 90-year-old, I call it the 90-year-old scared to go to hell champ, to be honest with you. Because that's who basically hears this, is children. And I see it all the way around the world. I like to do it one-on-one. And I like to do it where it's their option to take it, not just me tell them, take, chant, well, pray after me and you're saved. Because I, I believe it's your own will to do that. And there's a lot of people that say that, well, they say, well, no one's ever taught me how to be a, to be a disciple for Christ. No one's ever been around and say, how do you give someone a salvation plan? Well, tonight I'm going to try to demonstrate how I like to do it. So I need a volunteer. You want to come up here, Dave? Yeah. So when we're out in the public, we're usually not carrying a Bible, are we? Yes, no, no. But what all do what do we usually have on us? A phone. Usually, for me, is a phone, a knife, and a wallet. 
So when you get up to someone and you ask them, where are you planning on going when you, go to, when you die? Yeah, but what, is, what does an unbeliever will tell you? He don't know, but he'll say, I'm going to the sky, or I don't know. And sometimes they'll walk away because they're just, they, they don't want to talk to you. So once you get them interested, I always save the Romans roads on my phone because my mind will go blank. I think that's just the devil trying to keep me from doing it. So I get my phone out, go to photos, and I got it underneath my favorites. And this is what I usually do. Romans 3.23, if you can read that. i got it written right here, too. That's probably easier for you to read. It's bigger. Where at? I bring my glasses. Right here. <laughs> Romans 2.33 says, tells us. us for all have sin, come short of the glory of God. So what does that mean to you? I don't really know. We don't really know. Yeah. It means that <laughs> since Adam and Eve, that's the first two people that was ever on this earth, they sin, right? It means that they did wrong. We all do wrong, right? I guess. You guess? So you've done wrong before. A couple times. A couple times. <laughs> so our punishment for doing wrong was what? It's death. Everybody has, has a, has, is going to die one of these days. But God gave us a, a free gift. You know what the free gift is? If you read in Romans 6.23, and it says... But God commanded his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can you explain what that means to you? Not really. Not really. <laughs> That's a little rougher than what I thought. <laughs> I'll make it easy on you. Yeah. But anyway, Christ died on the cross for us, and I'm bearing death. I'm pretty sure you heard that story before. But why did he die for us? So we could go to heaven. That's right. But why did he have to die for our sins that we that we well for what's the one wrong, right? He had to pay the penalty. He had to be the perfect the sacrifice, and God and Christ was God on earth. He was perfect. There was no he did no sin at all, but he still yet paid the perfect the price for our sins. And that's our free gift. So how do we accept this free gift? My phone went dead. <laughs> yeah, we're going to Romans. 10, 9, 10. Nope. We're going to Romans 5, 8. And it says, wait a minute, I'm sorry. We're going to Romans 10, 9 now. And it says that they shall confess with his mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shall believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart of man believeth the righteousness, but with the mouth of confession is made unto salvation. So this is how we accept this free gift. It's by saying verbally that Christ is Lord and he died for us. Is that, a, is that an easy gift to accept? Does that, does that make sense? All right. At this point, I usually go and tell them what I usually pray. This is, Lord, I know you are Christ. I know you died for my sins. I know you were the perfect sacrifice. And if you come and dwell in my heart, I know I'll be saved for everlasting life. But I won't tell them to repeat after that. I tell them that if they want for salvation, they got to pray for themselves. Because I can't save no one. 
I can bring you to it, but I can't save you. If I could, I would. So I don't want to see anybody go to hell. That's like a lot of people I hear says, well, Jesus has come, we should rejoice, which we should. But it also should break your heart because there's so many unsafe people around us. And at the end of this, oh, thank you. You can sit down now. Yes. I guess I'm saved. <laughs> I guess. But at the end of this, this is God's biggest, this is what we should be doing more and more often, is bringing people to Christ. Which is a, it's a tough thing to do. They say you will witness to 25 people before you bring one person to Christ. But this is his last command to us. And at the end of this, Hudson Taylor tells us, has the greatest statement about the Great Commission. And he says that the Great Commission was not an option to consider, but it was a command to obey. I know that's kind of a short message, but I hope you all got something out of it. And I'll pray and we'll go back into, into our prayer request. Dear Lord, thank you for this opportunity. And please, Lord, let someone get something out of this. I know it was short, but hopefully it was meaningful to you. In your name, amen.